Here at the Fantasy Doctors, we use our expertise in the world of sports as well as medicine to bring you the most up-to-date injury news. Our first injury of the day actually broke his back last week. I want Lionel Messi healthy. I want Suarez healthy. Fam, fam. Mo Salah is beasting. I want Ronaldo healthy. I want the whole squad healthy. Seven La Liga title in a span of 10 years. That basically, to me, that means he was concussed. He was knocked out. There was absolutely no competition. We're your hosts, physical therapy students, Andy and Berg. And welcome to the Fantasy Doctors Soccer Podcast. Hello and welcome soccer fans to the 19th episode of the Fantasy Doctors Soccer Podcast. Um, I am your host, Andy, here with Berg. How you doing, man? What's up? What's up? I'm feeling good. You know, I got, like I was telling you in a pre-production podcast, you know, people had me running around all day, running errands. But, hey, you know, I'm back. We're doing this podcast. We can't talk about soccer. By the way, shout out to everyone whose brackets already destroyed. <laughs> I can tell you, like, mine is completely destroyed. I had Egypt win, um, winning the group stage. Egypt <laughs> is not even qualified. I had... Um, I had Colombia destroying everyone, but, you know, it seems like they're not. I had Colombia winning their group, but that's not going to happen. You know, at least they performed well today. They beat um, Poland 3-0, which was good performance. Ah, uh, man. England, England surprised me because I thought England was going to come in, in, in their normal fashion and come in and, you know, questionable going to the knockout stage but it seems like this, this is not happening they they're destroying everybody this young team is they're doing well i got some different thoughts on england but we'll get to that in just a little <laughs> bit <laughs> but definitely the injury highlight of the world cup 2018 world cup in russia thus far has been the moroccan incident right um norden mm-hmm. amrabat the right winger um went down with concussion like symptoms and berg can you try your best to kind of paint a picture and tell the listeners exactly what transpired in russia all right so they they passed the ball down the line onto the wing and both players are going uh, for the ball you have um i'm forgetting his name um hold on a second you have northern northern Amrabat is going for the ball, and then uh, the opponent is going for the ball as well. And what happened was they collided, and the opponent's head hit the side of Nardin's head, and then he immediately went down. He almost like almost like when um, I don't know if you guys have seen boxing when you get punched in a, that that knockout punch, you get punched right in the chin, and then you lose all feeling on your limb, and you just go down to the floor. That's exactly what happened with him. You could clearly see that he was concussed immediately how he went down. He just he didn't go down in a natural fashion. It's almost like, boom, he got hit, and then he just passed out for like one or two seconds. And then you could see how when he fell, like his arm was in the air in a weird fashion. Like you could clearly see that <laughs> he was concussed. But what happened afterwards is, <laughs> is basically what got, you know, the, the whole – how that concussion was handled, you know, the whole thing went viral. It, it didn't go too well. And, you know, I, I, I saw it. I didn't see it live. So I had to go to the replay and figure out what happened. But you clearly posted about it. <laughs> and you destroyed the medical staff. So you can speak on that a little bit. 
Well, well, here's the thing, right? And um, just to roll it back a little bit, when you mentioned that Amrabat's arms were in that weird position, um, yeah. I did a, a live stream with a concussion expert earlier this week, and he referred to that position as a fencing response. And Ooh. that's the name of like that position. And he said, whenever you see someone in that position is an immediate red flag, like you and I both um, mentioned that a concussion has occurred and you need to proceed with caution. Mm -hmm. But what happened after that was um, the, the medical staff approached him. Um, and then by this point, Amrabat can, can barely stand up, right? He's starting yeah, to fall hey. backwards mm -hmm. and, the one medical provider um, slapped him in the face a few times and yep, not, not like a gentle graze, but like, that, but <laughs> no. like a, like a slap to try to like, like, you know, like, like wake up. Yeah. <laughs> we, need you. we need you to continue playing. Wake up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the other guy, <laughs> this oh, guy, that, four that was a player. Away. Oh, that was a that player. Was, yeah. That was his teammate. I don't know if oh. his teammate thought, I don't know if his teammates thought like he was, um, I don't know. You know how in Haitian culture, right, when you're feeling dazed and they threw cold water at your face? Yeah. I, I think they believe in that same Because <laughs> that's exactly what was happening there. Like, they squirted cold water at his face just to tell him to wake up. That's when I knew, like, oh, my God, yeah, this is not good. And you know what? It's important, number one, it's bad medical care, right? Because um, say what you want about how a concussion should be managed um but you need to assess him properly oh, and yeah. in terms of all the protocols that are available that is not the the protocol and we can get into what is and what is not another day but point number two it's also bad optics right oh yeah. so you have so you have an entire stadium watching you you have this being sent all over the world you have likely millions if not billions people watching this game and you know, it, it's so sad that that this has this has become commonplace on the world's biggest stage, right? Which you is, know, you know, I find it very weird how the medical staff of a team that's going into the biggest tournament of the game don't even know the basic of concussion assessment. I, I found that super weird. You know, it's a it's soccer. People get concussed all the time playing soccer. The medical team should have some sort of basic concussion assessment, right? Yeah. And it didn't look like. I mean, I don't know if they did proper assessment when they got into the locker room, but on the field, nothing that they did reflected an amount of knowledge in concussion assessment. That's why I thought it was weird. Every, every, it should be, it should be, it should be basic, right? To learn concussion assessment as part of a medical staff of a soccer team, any sports team. Yeah, definitely. You're right. Um, but one thing I did read, uh, I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's accurate, but I did read that the normal physician who works with Morocco was not at that game. Maybe that had an impact in his play and in the, care of that medical um incident at all uh, but i don't know if that's true or maybe he was in charge of it and maybe since he wasn't there they kind of just took a risk but as you said it should be a basic level of understanding that everyone is able to kind of manage that situation 
Yeah, it's not, we're not talking, first of all, uh, just to give the listener a little bit of background, concussion is, is, it's not something that I would say it's easy to manage. One person cannot manage concussion by, by himself because there's so many factors that goes in after you get concussed. You know, you think you can do, you know, some, you, you follow protocol here and there, but at the same time, you have to have multiple professional following you because you can exhibit symptoms that are outside of somebody's scope. You know, someone who's concussed may exhibit some neurological symptom that a physical therapist might not be, you know, equipped to deal with. So they have to refer you to somebody else to see it. So there's a lot that goes into concussion management. But an assessment of concussion, that I would say, you know, we even in PT school get trained a little bit on how to spot concussion. So I would say that's what I'm, I was telling you. And they're like, I don't know if it's too far of a stretch to say, you know, it, it's not, it's not, you know, it's, it's a concussion assessment. It should be a basic thing. Like if we in PT school get trained to, you know, spot concussion and do a little bit of assessment, you know, what about someone who work in a professional team? Yeah. And I, 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 get do, it. I do agree with you here, but let's, let's move forward into the story because it gets, it gets even more wacky. Oh, okay. So here we go. Everybody gave the, whoever was treating him at that time, um, they, they gave him some trouble, as rightfully so, because of his, mm-hmm. his initial treatment. But to be fair, they did recognize the fact that a concussion did occur, and they sent him to the hospital, where he was observed overnight. The Moroccan FA, the Football Association, put out a statement saying Amrabat was out for the second game, and he might play a role in the third game, depending on his recovery goes. Now, mm-hmm. um, just from my my research in this area concussions heal with mostly between seven and ten days so that kind of does fall into their timeline a little bit that but, I, uh i will question that 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 timeline because it all depends on how severe the concussion is because yes. sometimes yeah sometimes you might be good to you might feel good to play after 10 days but you're still exhibiting some other um sign of concussion like there's irritability there is um there was difficulty um, focusing. There was change in personality. You know, all that stuff get lingered after the seven and ten days. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's like you got to play around to see like just just how bad. Of course, we don't have any information how bad the concussion. It looks bad, but we don't know if it's really that bad. So I don't know if he's gonna come. Do you think he's gonna come back after seven to ten days? Well, here's the thing. He came back in less than five because he was featured in their second group stage match even though the FA put out a statement saying he was 100% out. Now, when he appeared in this game, game, you know that helmet that Peter Cech wears? Yeah. He was wearing one of those. Now, those helmets, right, helmets in general, are designed to prevent one thing and one thing only, that is skull fractures, right? Yeah. They're not designed to reduce the impact of concussion or anything like that. In fact, some research states that wearing a helmet makes you more likely to get a concussion. Yeah, because um, once you have a helmet, you want to bang stuff. Yeah, you think like, <laughs> this is exactly honestly, what it is. That's perfect right there because think of it this way. Uh, if you're a football player or whatever, would you ever run into a wall without a helmet? No. Absolutely Put a not. helmet on, it's like, hell yeah, I'm going head first through it. Superman. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so he came back? I didn't watch that game. I didn't know he came back. He came back with wow. his little headgear on. And I'm assuming the medical staff said, okay, um, if you're playing, you have to wear this because there's no other reason why he would wear did it. He, did he sub in or did he play like the full 90 minutes? So he started the match and about 15 minutes into the match, he actually took his headgear off. And then he, he kept playing? Or he, he kept playing. He, he, wow. I don't think that's safe. No. That is not safe. It, it's, it's really not safe. And it, some people blame FIFA for this. Um, I actually have a few rule changes that they, they made um, after the 2014 World Cup and the concussions that happened during that one. They made three rule changes. Um, Rule number one says the referees will be allowed to stop the game for up to three minutes so that the medical staff can um, assess a concussion, which is a good Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, it's a great thing. The second rule states that team physicians have the final say on whether or not a player can return to the game, which is also good. And the third says access to in-match video replays of player injuries can assist with the decision makings off the pitch. But here's the thing, none of those rules have any impact or any, any regulation as to can a player return the following game. It all has yeah. to do within that initial game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, they're, they're trying to keep the game going. They, 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 they're, not try, they're trying to say keep their money going. They're trying to keep the game going fast. They're not trying to slow the game down. Uh, but in terms of return of oh, – man, that's not that well – I would say just how much there should be like a, a like a big like a head of the medical staff of FIFA that sort of like make rules about when to return to play. But of and of course, you know, we're going into like FIFA directing every team, which is a loss of autonomy. And I don't think the president of any club we want that kind of stuff to happen. So that's a big I guess it's a it's a conversation for another. I could get into that for days. <laughs> yeah both me and you can but i mean it's it's sad to see this happen but part of me has has called back my emotions a little bit because it is entirely possible right that the medical staff assessed him and said hey these are the risks right here are the things that might happen um if you play um if you get another concussion it could be a life-threatening event and I recommend that you don't play. And then okay. the player turns around, looks at the manager and says, I want to play. The manager it's, says, okay. And I, I, it. As a player, as someone who play, I, I totally get into those situations where I spring my ankle and I'm like, you know what, I can play. Even though, you know, at that point, you're not thinking logically, you know, you want to you wanna support your team and you're trying to do the best you can at that moment. So you, you're definitely going to, I can I can understand that feeling. But at the same time, like, when do you put your foot down and say, yo, you, this is dangerous, you know? I guess this is not the, the physio's job to actually stop a player from playing. Yeah, as, as of right now, they, they have the, the medical staff have the authority to pull you out of the game, right? But they can't mm-hmm. prevent you from going back into the next game. That mm-hmm. is out of their, their current scope. Man. It should be within their scope as well because return to play is actually 
within the scope of a medical staff. Yeah, definitely. It's I mean, not, it's not within the. It's not just the coach. No, actually, it's not even the coach. It's it's the medical staff and the physio that <laughs> have the power to tell you, okay, within that time frame, this is when you should return. But I guess players have to have the right to make their own decision as well. So I guess there's a lot of things we still don't know. Yeah, there's the dynamic of football culture. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot here, and in my opinion, what should happen is those three rules that I mentioned before. There should be a fourth one. Um, just to follow up on the fact that medical providers can pull you out. They also say when you go back in, as it relates strictly to head injury. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What else we got? Let's move forward to another uh, interesting topic on this podcast. Neymar fouled no, 10 times. We've never Twitter. talked about him before, bro. I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like he's he's always on my mind, man. Yeah, Nemo's always on everyone's mind. You know, he's a high profile guy. See, honestly, wait. Quick segue. I was doing some Instagram analysis the other day, and I was looking at my most popular posts. Of the nine most popular posts that I have, about six of them are Neymar. So, yes, there you go. Love him. Our listeners, content, love him. man. He yeah. gives you content. <laughs> but so, anyway. What's going with Neymar? He was fouled 10 times versus Switzerland, right? And this is the game coming in after one fit game in the first round of the World Cup group stage. He comes in, and Switzerland absolutely they, – they, they, they treat him like a rough rider, right? They're fouling him left and right. They say that he's the most creative player on the pitch, and they deal with him by putting him on the, on the floor. What do you think? Honestly, honestly, he invited those kind of foul, man. If you're looking at how Neymar plays, he gets the ball and he holds on to the ball, slows down the play. People are making runs, but he's not passing. He's just holding the ball down. And then there's a clear guy open on the wing. All he had to do was just pass the ball, pass the ball, pass it back to the defense, and defense can pass it back to the left back or right back. Do it quick, quick. Stop wasting time holding on to the ball. So what happened? If you're the most creative player on a pitch, right? Yep. And you have the ball. What do you think? And you invite you waiting for me to follow you. What do you think I'm going to do? Like, if I can slowly take, if I can slowly hit at you throughout the whole game, get in your head so that you don't play at your best. That's what I'm going to do as an opponent. It's, it's clear strategy and it worked. I don't know, but Neymar barely did anything for me in, in that Switzerland game. And even in the next game, he, I, I was reading a report. They were saying that the, the manager actually pulled him aside after the game and saying, yo, like, we need you in this tournament. Like, we need you. You, 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 you are our leader. You should act as, as so. So don't start, start, start playing. Like, you got enough creative player on the field to bring the ball up the field. So stay up. We'll bring the ball to you. And then once, you, once you're in that box area that free kick and box area then you do your magic you want to take on three to four people take three or four people on but don't do that in the middle of the field so what happened is you get fouled and worse i've seen him lose the ball many times as well mm. and a quick counter attack builds up and then boom like they score on you that's easily like what's that's how switzerland won their last game against um who are they playing against 
Costa Rica was it or Serbia? Yeah, uh, Serbia. Yeah. Well, he, he wasn't. A, it was a quick counterattack, but you know, this is usually someone loses the ball, and then boom. It, it's clear as day. Pass the ball. Stay up the field. You have enough creative people to bring the ball up to you. Just stay there, and then start playing. And they See, also rely way too much on him. Like they should give Coutinho the the captain, the captain Ben. See, I, I at first I disagree with you, and we were talking about this a little bit last week too. Um, I thought that he he was just being himself, right? And then I'm watching this game versus Costa Rica. <laughs> they're they're up two zero, right? The the time the clock says minute ninety plus six at the yeah. end. Mm-hmm. And Neymar's got the ball in the corner, and he does a rainbow. Yes, for a defender. Here's the thing: that is the time to do a rainbow. See, that I is the know. time to do a rainbow. That is the time. I don't know if you if I remember watching um, Brazil, the Silo Sour team back in 1998. Um, I was I was I was a I was a kid at that time, and they brought this guy named Denilson. All Denilson does is dribble. So what they do is 90-minute game, you know, they have three minutes left. They want to manage the clock. They bring Danilson home, give Danilson the ball, and then you start dribbling people in the sideline. Waste time. People will get angry. They foul them. Next day, Brazil still have the ball. They, mine it, they manage the clock doing those additional minutes. That's, that's, what Neymar, that's what Neymar is doing, like, at, towards the end. But you can't do that in the middle of the field. <laughs> sure, yeah. There's a time and place for that. And I, I don't know if Neymar knows when to actually be flamboyant and when to, you know, be serious. I don't know if you recognize, like, there's a, there's a clear time to do that. And we're seeing that. He's not, he's not able to do that, at least. So we, we saw this a few instances during the game, especially with the, that one collision he had with the defender. I don't know if it was a dive or not um, in terms of him kind of selling the injury after the fact where he was kind of limping off. But in your opinion, what do you think of players who dive to avoid injury? Hey, man, listen, if I'm the best player in the world right now and I know people are following me, I'm just going to go on the ground. I was telling you this, too, in the pre-production podcast. It's, it's a great way to, um, you know, get your, get your breath back. You know, you're running, you're running 90 minutes, you're tired. You know, if you, if somebody foul you and you can fake and then just roll over a little bit and stay on the ground and catch your breath, that's what, that's what players do. And that's why a lot of people don't like soccer because they think players are faking. But there's a reason why they're faking because they're trying to catch a breath. They were running hard for like 90 minutes. But with Neymar, I mean, what do you got to do? Like, at some point, you know how, you know, those guys, you know, it's like LeBron James. Like, he always get, he gets the foul. Oh, he always gets the foul. He always gets the call. So guys like that are accustomed to getting the calls all the time. So, you know, that's why they, they add some extra sauce to um, <laughs> their dive just to, you know, just to convince the ref that it's happening. And you, you, so he did it. He did it. He, yeah. they, he call, um, they call a penalty. And then they reviewed it. <laughs> they said, nope, that is not, they said, that's not enough. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I did see that replay. And they should not have called a penalty. He kind of just leaned backwards and sold the most of it. But yeah. Yeah, he, um, shoot, I had, a, I had a thought and I just forgot it. 
Oh, you saw how he cried? Yeah, <laughs> yo, what was up with that, man? That? I was, yeah. It was one of those things. I'm like, wait, <laughs> why is he crying more than the team he just kicked yeah, out of the world? Uh, he just shows you just how much pressure this this 26 year old dude is like that has on his shoulder. How much pressure he has? Like he's holding the nation on his shoulder. And the creek, he felt, you know what that means? Like when he's, I saw him crying, I'm like, yo, he's checking Instagram. He's checking <laughs> all the news. He's checking yeah. the newspaper. Like he's on Facebook reading all the critics. He felt it. Because mm-hmm. why would you be crying? Yeah, right? no, no one else on the field was crying. No one else on the field was crying. Including the 11 players he just kicked out. Right. Yeah. It was just him, which is which is kind of crazy. It, it's it's it just shows you that, you no, know, he recognized that it's it's part of it is his fault, too, that the team's not playing. The team is not fluid as it should be, because, you know, a lot of it is him losing the ball in the midfield and not a lot of him complaining. And it has to do with the fact that, you know, he's been he was getting fouled like all game long, too. I'm not going to lie. And there are certain calls that he was supposed to get and the ref was not on his favor. So all this emotion kind of built up throughout the game. And after they finally won, he, he released it. Mm. Diego Costa did it for me, bro. Douglas Costa, Douglas Costa did it for me, man. Yeah. He did have a great game, but he did go down with injury, right? He's having some, some hamstring issues. I think it is. Uh, uh, you know, quite a hamstring. I'm forgot, but he, he had that injury before. I think he came back a little too quickly. So it kind of aggravate things again. Yeah. And then, of course, you got um, Danilo, the right back, out with a hip injury. But he should be back relatively soon. Danilo. Who was playing for? Oh, the other guy was playing for him. I forgot. His I think. Uh, is it Fagner? I think it was Fagner. Yeah. He start with an F. I know that. Yeah, I think it was him. Um, but... Anyway, let's move on to Germany, uh, a team we, we all thought. About, we got to talk about Argentina, too. I know you slowly <laughs> try to bring this. I uh, slowly try to make me forget about it, but <laughs> we got to talk about Argentina. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All right, Germany. Well, let, let's talk Germany, and then maybe if we, if we have time, we can get into we, some other topics. Talk about Indy's favorite team. <laughs> it's not producing right now. So a, a team we all thought was going to be a top dog coming into this tournament was Germany, right? Because they are, of course, the defending world champions. And defensively, they've been a shell of themselves, especially on the counterattack. Man, yo, that's an understatement. Now, there's, their defense have gone into crisis. You have Matt Hummels, who has an undisclosed neck-slash-cervical spine injury. You have Jerome Boateng, who is completely healthy, but is now out for a game due to red card suspension. And you have defensive midfielder Rudy, who played a decent game, but was kicked in the face and now has a broken nose. Yo, I got some interesting news about this. It's, it's funny. What's good? Um, Rudy with the broken nose, right? So, um, so you see how the play went? Like, they... Tony Cross gave him a, a, a half-ass pass and he had to launch in to get the ball. And then there was a player in front of him who had to, he kind of jumped to avoid the tackle and then the trailing leg hit him on his nose and broken nose started bleeding on the field and then he brought him out. So what happened was, I guess they stopped the bleeding and he was clear to go. 
Well, question would be, I mean, I questioned that whether it was clear to go back on a, field, on a pitch or not. But they said he was good to go. go. It was good to go back. But they couldn't find a clean jersey for him. <laughs> oh, is that what was going on? Yeah, they could. So the players were, I read the players were getting um, annoyed that he wasn't coming back on the pitch soon enough. Like they, he spent a, a, at least a good five minutes off the pitch, like getting, you know, getting the bleeding to stop. And then after they got the bleeding to stop, like he was still off the pitch and the players were getting annoyed. So it turns out they couldn't find a clean jersey with his name. Wow. <laughs> so they're rambling around trying to find a clean jersey for this guy and they can't find a clean jersey. And then at least Joaquim said, you know what? Let's sub you out. Let's bring the body back. And he, he was mad when he got on the bench. Oh, like he was, man. He was, he was pissed off. And like, I'm like, can you imagine that? <laughs> and understandably so, because now his starting position is is maybe under scrutiny right now because Gundawan, who subbed in for him, played a decent game. And yeah, I mean, not not that, not that you know the um, him being subbed out was um, um, detrimental to the team, but because Germany ended up winning the game. But still, they couldn't find a clean jersey for him. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean. I think, well, the protocol says, right, that you can't play with um, any blood on your jersey. So that was yeah. the reason why. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Good buy the clean jersey for him. <laughs> wow. So watch out for Germany in these coming matches. I don't know what they're going to do in terms of center back and defensive midfield. But when you, when you think of the great teams in all of history, they have a great spine right down the middle from yes. center back, center mid, all the way up top. And their spine is currently in question right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to play a little pun on Matt Summels, but... <laughs> but hey, I, yeah. would love, I would love if they lose. I would love it. It would just make the game more interesting. It's like, wow, the, the defending champion didn't even make it to the group stage, to the knockout stage. Mm. And that is not the first time that has happened. No, it's not. It happened in uh, 2014, last time. Spain lost in the group stage. And mm-hmm. I believe in 2010, Italy lost in the group stage as well. Well, Italy didn't even make it to this World Cup, which is crazy. Yeah, man. <laughs> Listen, 2018 is full of surprises, man. What can full we say? Surprises. All right. Surprises. Let's move forward. Um, we got Croatia, then we got some stuff going on in Belgium, and then uh, I guess we can make time for Argentina if mm. if we have time. Oh, come on. I know you have at least 30 minutes on Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> come on. You have at least 30 minutes for Argentina, man. Oh, man. So tell us what's going on in Croatia with uh, our buddy Nikolai, and he's got some issues with his back, right? So, yeah, Nikolai has some issue with his back, right? I it, He's suffering. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it low back, low back pain. But then again, I, I, I'm not too sure. But it's definitely a low back that's been annoying him. So they wanted to put him on the game. And he said, no, he's not going because his back is hurting him. And we were talking in a pre-production podcast. You were saying that he, it's not the first time that has happened to him. And I believe throughout the week, it's not the first time that he refused to actually play because of his back. So he, um, it's funny, this week, um, 
as I was going home, coming from school, I received a notification from ESPN saying they're going to drop him from the squad. I don't know if they drop him already, but the, the, the notification said Croatia national team on a verse to drop Nikola Kalinic, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, due to um, faking of back injury. <laughs> now, this is hard because anybody who's been affected by low back pain know that, you know, it's not your typical injury that, you know, you, you rest and then it, it, go, it goes away. No, it, you can have flare-ups, especially if you had it for a while. You know, some days you come in, you find you could have at least a good week where it's fine. And then the next week, you know, it, it, you, you did something to piss it off. I don't know, you spent too long sitting or you, you slept the wrong way and then you aggravate the symptom again and it, 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 you get a flare up. And the best thing to do when you get this flare up is not play. <laughs> mm. I believe this guy knows his body and he knows what needs to do in order to get a little bit fit for the next game. So he opt to not play on a aggravated back because back injury is like a bear. That's a hibernated bear. Like don't poke it when it's sleeping. Cause if you keep poking at it, when it, when it, when it awakes, it's going to be bad. So, but you know, it's hard to say that it's faking injury. You know, you have to work hard, man, to, to be in that squad. You can't, yeah. you can't get to that stage and start and saying you, you don't want to play because your back hurts. You, if you're going to say your back hurts, you can't play, you're going to sit down for this game. It has to be, I would say, legitimate. So people have to earn their spot. Here, here's, my, here's my thoughts on this. Do I think it was a complete fabrication that his back was hurting? No. I do not, but what I do think happened was was something along these lines, right? And according to the reports that I've been seeing, um, this player was very, very upset that he was not in the starting lineup. And Ooh, him? Yeah, he was not. He was not happy. He was not in the starting lineup, and he thinks that he's deserved it at this point, considering the fact that he's contributed so much to this team thus far um, in his career. And maybe it was along the lines of, hey, if they don't respect me enough to put me in the starting lineup, you know what? My back does – like, my back is hurting a little bit, right? And it's been hurting for a while. So, if you're not going to start me, you know what? I'm not even going to play. So, yeah, my as back a, hurts. That's a teenager move there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you're dealing with a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in my opinion, that's what happened. But – of course, you can't have that kind of environment when you're trying to win a World Cup, which is why no, you can't. He was like, you literally can't. Yeah. Like one negative energy could set off the whole team and, you know, put you in a bad place mentally for the next game. You definitely don't want that kind of player. And I would be surprised if, if this is what's going on in the locker room and if this is what's happening with him, I would not be surprised if they drop him because they, they, you don't need that kind of negativity going into the knockout stage, man. Exactly. Um, and that's it for that. Let's move forward to Belgium, who seemingly crushing were it right now. They're, they're crushing it. Okay, let let let's reel it back. You still don't believe in that team. I don't know why, man. <laughs> you don't believe in that team at all. Can can <laughs> we talk about them. can we talk about who Belgium and England both played? They played Panama and they played Tunisia, which I do respect both of those teams. But 
Let's see you play against the big dog when it really matters. In 2002, when Brazil won the World Cup, they had scrub in their knockout, in their group game. All you need, they had, they had, they didn't have, they have scrub in their group game. So all you need is to start winning game, build your confidence, start, start you off strong. When you get to the knockout stage now, you have the confidence to go toe to toe with the big dogs. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. They starting up right, man. They starting up right. They're getting their confidence flowing. That's for sure. But the one game I was looking forward to was the final uh, game of the group stage, Belgium versus England. But now it seems that with Belgium's um, Hazard, Lukaku, and Mertens all going down with minor injuries, but you know what? They're still injuries. Um, all of these players are likely to be rested for the final group stage game. I look at that game as an opportunity for both teams to really test themselves against elite competition and see what they can do going into the knockout rounds. I think, you know what, I, I think oh, Lukaku, maybe Hazard, Lukaku has an ankle injury, right? Yeah, Lukaku and Mertens both and with Luka- ankle sprain, Hazard with think, a minor calf I think Hazard, Hazard got a calf injury, but I think Hazard's going to play. And I think Lukaku's going to somewhat play too, maybe to, in the second half. I think you're going to put those guys on. Because you, you always want to finish top of your group. Mm-hmm. Well, there was another report saying that the team that actually finishes second will end up on a more favorable side of the bracket. Really? So, I mean, it, it's one of those things, right? Let's say if you're, if you're in the NBA, right, and the Warriors finish second in the West, would you rather finish seventh or eighth? I'm taking eighth, man. I don't want to play the Warriors, you know? Yeah, you definitely don't want to play the Warriors. <laughs> you need time. Yeah, so it, it's one of those instances. Yeah, I was, I'm looking forward to that game, too. I, and I hope people get an ankle injury. I hope it's not a, it's not a, like a, too, too, like a great injury, great ankle injury that's going to sideline you for like two weeks. I hope it's not one of those, but I I want to show next week. Yeah, definitely. Those guys better come back. They better come back and provide that show to me, man. I've been waiting for that game a while. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you also have Thomas Vermalen and um, his name is Casey right now, Vincent Company, who are both struggling for fitness, but they might feature in this game. I don't even know why they – even call them like dude's been battling injury for i want to say like at least five years see i did think the same but when you can't keep a clean sheet against tunisia or panama i think that you do need help defensively because yes we all know that belgium scores goals but other teams can too when it really matters going into the knockout stages can you keep a clean sheet and i think they've conceded three goals so far they did. Oh, three. Oh, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Huh. <clears throat> we'll see. I can't wait for the development of this, this tournament. Yeah, definitely. All right. It's about that time. Okay. All right. Take it away, man. It's your topic. I'm, I'm just going to sit there and just, just listen to, you, to your sorrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> Argentina is... Uh, it's not doing well. Messi, if you think Nemo is under heavy criticism, that's not comparing to what Messi is going through right now. 
Okay, let's let's take it back to two years ago. Oh wow, he's going. Okay, <laughs> we're going back. Okay, we're, we're going, going back. <laughs> Sampaoli takes over this team. Um, Messi has retired um, from the national team following their third consecutive defeat in a in a cup final, 2014, 2015, 2016. Messi dragged them all to finals, received no help in the final game. He retires as a result. Understandably so. Sampaioli takes over this team, makes a absolute mess of World Cup qualifying. Argentina sitting in eighth place in South America, whereas the I only the, the, the top four and a half or five teams go through. Messi says, you know what? Let me cut out of retirement. Let me take this team to the World Cup, which he does. Disrespectful to all the other players on the team, by the way. Yeah, I mean, listen, he, he fired so many goals, including a hat trick in the final game, which I believe it was um, either Ecuador or Colombia. I forget which one. But he fires the hat tricks, put them yeah, into was, the World Cup. I was watching that game. He, 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 he came out to play. Yeah, he did. And coming into the World Cup, here's what happened. The Argentine FA, and when, when I say that Argentina is, is an absolute mess top to bottom, I'm not just talking about the team. I'm talking about the players that were selected. I'm talking about the manager and the FA as a whole. If you look at the friendlies that were scheduled following or leading up to this World Cup, one was against Haiti, which you and I, we both love our country, but is it a team that Argentina should be playing for no. preparation of a World Cup? No. No. You look at the other team, Israel is currently in almost a state of civil war. Um, and the, that whole game was a political stunt with the Palestine FA. They received payment. It was all sorts of dirty work. But in the end, the game wasn't even played because there was too much riots, too much violence in the area. So yeah, why, would you even, why would you even put this team in a situation such as this when you have Leo Messi in his prime heading into what is widely to be his last World Cup? So there's no formation leading into the World Cup. There's no um, starting lineup that is settled upon leading to this World Cup. There's no cohesion within the squad. You have all sorts of disagreements as to who is selected and who is not with the likes of um, Icardi being left out and Dybala being included. You have Dybala and Messi who have publicly stated that they can't play together. All these issues, all of these questions. They really can't play together. Now, the World Cup starts, right? 1-1, I think it was 1-1 draw against Iceland. And I I was okay with that, mostly because Iceland did park the bus and there's only so much you can do. And given the fact that Messi had over 10 shots on target um, or 10 shots in total. The team played well. They just didn't get the goals. Now, Sempaioli completely messed with the starting lineup for the second game, comes out with a 3-5-2 formation, which in my opinion is absolutely ludicrous. That's, that's ludicrous. Considering the fact they don't even have one good center back, why would you play three? It's, it just doesn't add up again. Um, just some more incompetence on his part. And they they go ahead and get blown out by Croatia 3-0. That game did. That game, yo, they had a plan for Messi. Yeah. Like they had a clear plan for Messi. He's like, listen, if you see this guy, we're not letting him touch the ball at all. And if we do, like, we're going to reduce the amount of time he received a pass. Yeah. Like, they blocked, they, block, they blocked the alleyway, man. They did a great job. 
and here here's my here's my whole thoughts on oh well Messi isn't playing well well when you have Messi dropping back this happened several times against Croatia dropping back in between the center backs to receive the ball because nobody on the field is competent enough to play the ball in a manner to which it goes forward without it being intercepted resulting in a counterattack then what what do you want him to do you want him to distribute the ball from the center back position and run forward until he scores on his own at the end. Well, that's just not going to happen. And, and it's then, not sustainable. It, it's not, not in a sustainable. 90 minute game. And you know what? He can't do it on his, on his own. And the attacking players that should be helping him are on the bench. I, I don't know why it seems that Messi and Dybala can't play together, but in the 20 minutes that I did see them play together, he was one of the more attacking threats. So, Listen, there is all sorts of mess happening on here. The players have revolted. There is a practically a civil war in the camp. Um, Sampaioli what? will no longer be managing the team. The players, what? Yes. Are you talking about this? Is this happening right now? It is happening right now. Sampaioli oh, is in charge. Shoot. He's only in charge in terms of title because they can't fire him because they'd have to pay him $20 million. Hmm. The players will be making the starting lineups from here on out. What? <sighs> what? Yo, this team is not winning the next game. I mean, they, they have to pull something out of their asses to win the last game. If you can't have cohesion in the team, then that's not happening. Who are they play playing against Nigeria too? Which is these boys which is ball. Argentina, which is the Argentina's like kind of like nemesis in the yeah. World Cup. <laughs> The Argentina always defeat Nigeria, so Nigeria's be, they're gonna look to cause an humiliation. Yeah. Ooh. What? I didn't know all the soap opera was going on in the locker yeah, room. Man. Listen, the game's on <laughs> Telemundo, but they're keeping the coverage on for the the telenovelas after, bro. Like, <laughs> you already know. Oh, oh man, this is gonna be like a uh, thirty for thirty one day. Definitely. Like, yeah. we'll learn about this. Oh, man. Are you serious? I'm serious. What? What? <laughs> oh, God. Yo, this is great, man. This is great news. I didn't know all this was going on in the background. Listen, man, but as my, uh, my aunt once told my cousin who told me, she says... As Argentina goes, so does Brazil. And if Argentina goes home one day, Brazil are going home the next. So Oh, I'm I clearly don't believe. Like I'm a Brazil fan, but I don't believe in that team at all. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're gonna make it to the knockout stage, but are they gonna win the whole thing? Absolutely. I don't see that this team doesn't have what it takes to to win the whole thing. Yeah. Like I mean, I'm right now I'm looking at teams who Russia's looking good. I mean Russia, um Croatia's looking great. They have the they have the unison in the squad. They have everything. They have midfielders. They have forward. You know, they have what it takes to win the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Like this is the team I'm looking at. I'm not looking at Brazil at all. Like you can't you can't tell me you want to win the World Cup and then you only only doing additional time when you start playing the football that the whole world wants to see. Like it's not possible. Then again, it, it's one of those things where. Those teams, they used to win it so much. It's like you get so accustomed to them winning, but you, you forgot to realize that, you know, culture of football is changing. The game is changing. All the teams are catching up. 
They like, are. Yeah, all the teams are catching up, and they're catching up fast, man. Who would have thought that is. Croatia's always been a World Cup team, but, you know, they came out strong yeah. in this World Cup. It, it's getting Russia, to the point where you, you used to have four, five, six teams going into the tournament that you say, okay, these teams, they might win it. Yeah, I know. The list is growing and growing every year. The list year. is growing. Like, look, but let me give you a clear example. The Netherlands didn't, didn't qualify. Italy didn't qualify. Well, like, if I, tell you, if I tell you this 20 years ago that Italy and Netherlands would not qualify for the World Cup, you would say I'm crazy. But look how things are going now. It's just the competition is high. Yeah, and they're out for a reason, rightfully slow. They, they rightfully didn't perform slow. well enough, and they lost yeah. to superior teams. Like, look at Spain. It's like, I thought Spain was going to dominate, like we talked about in the previous podcast, but they're not doing that. I didn't even think Portugal was going to, you know, play that well. And look, you know, they, you know, they, they're playing, they're playing well. You know, they still not enough for me to say, hey, you know, they're going to make it to like the quarterfinal, but they're playing well. Brazil, they're not doing so well for me, like. You know, the team is, like, a little too passive. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's taking shot. Like, we need someone to take shot. Coutinho's taking shot. Like, only one guy, but, you know, for, got Neymar was supposed to be the leader, always complaining about foul. And I don't know, man. They're not – this team's not making it, to be honest with you. And if they do, like, something needs to give. Yeah, that's something true. needs to change in the locker room. Uh, kind of to close out our podcast for today. Who's your your player of the tournament so far? Player of the tournament? Oh, there are several player of the tournament. If you, if you had to pick one, um, I would say Ronaldo. Okay. okay. <laughs> you can't even argue with that. All right. I'll say Ronaldo because of the first two games. And um, there's another. Um, who's the other guy? Um, um Lukaku. Is playing well, even though you're saying he's playing against scrub team, mm. but he's scoring. Kane is doing well. Mm. Um, the other guy that's doing well too, but you know, he's not. They're not talking about him that much. Is um, Diego Costa? Okay, yeah. Is <laughs> they're not talking about him, but he's doing well. You see, did you see that game against Portugal? Like that dude single-handedly scored. Yeah. A goal. See, here's the thing about Diego Costa. There. There are 10 players on Spain in the starting lineup that play absolutely beautifully. And yeah. Diego Costa is the one that doesn't fit in. Nope. Like, when you see this tiki-taka going on, he is never a part of it, man. He knows his game. He's like, I'm not doing all that. Just send me the ball. Send me a long ball. I'll fight against the defender. Get it. Bully some guy. Did you see how he scored that yeah. game? Like, he jumped and he punt Like, he elbowed um, – he elbowed you. I'm, I'm forgetting. I'm blinking out on his name. Oh, my God. Was it uh, Pepe? Pepe? Yeah. yeah, he elbowed Pepe in the face. Pepe went down. <laughs> and then the other dude that came, he pushed him out. It's like, get off me. <laughs> I pushed him out. The dude, like, trailed backwards and fell. And he took a shot. Went straight to the post, like, near the post. Go. Like, that's crazy to me. And then they're not talking about him because he's not scoring, like, flashy goal. Mm-hmm. In, right in now, my right mind, now. just to I – mean, I guess another NBA analogy. Sorry, I like the NBA. But imagine if Shaq was on the Warriors right now. <laughs> that, that's who he is. He's that, he's not that guy 
who's like, you know, down low, ready to take the ball and be physical and do what it takes to put it in the back of the net. Exactly. Who is the player of the tournament for you? Oh, in terms of, in terms of impact, I'm going to have to say Coutinho. Yeah. Both games, true. he's the one that showed up when it mattered. And you know what? He's never going to get the headlines. He's never going to get the respect he deserves because Neymar is the star on this team. But he's just so valuable. And you look at the way the manager uses him. He starts in the midfield, and sometimes he goes over to the left wing. He's the one that's always shifting. He's the one that's being flexible for this team that allows them to adjust to a, their opposition. And he does that all while scoring the goals when it matters. So I'm and he's scoring team. beautiful. He's scoring impactful goal and scoring curlers. Yeah, definitely. They're not, they're not your um, tap-in. They're not your typical tap-in. You're talking about, like, outside the box, curl it to the, to the upper 90. That's the kind of goal he's scoring. Yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely playing well. So I'm going to go with him. Um, you got any more thoughts for our listeners, Berg? No, that's about it. Um, hopefully people um, find a way to um, salvage their bracket because mm. um, money's already lost. House already gone. <laughs> I know people. Yeah, but I know people bet their houses in Haiti. Oh, a lot no. of people lost their house. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. They had oh. Argentina, like, destroying everybody. People bet their house. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> they bet their cars. Oh. They already lost all of that stuff. <laughs> uh -huh. like, if you're betting for this World Cup, guys, don't. <laughs> don't. Don't bet Trust something me, valuable. Trust me, don't do it. Do not. <laughs> don't, bet, don't bet something valuable. Oh, man. you lose it. I mean, I know I put in about, like, $20. Not that bad. But, listen, I don't got no money no more. It's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone right yeah. yeah i didn't bet anything before this woke up but i know my bracket is is messed up yeah all right well if you want to follow every injury in the world cup i wrote a blog on it if you go to the com slash blog you will see it there um berg what's your instagram handle i am on instagram at the soccer obsessed also on youtube as well check me out word word and of course uh please give us five star reviews five star please very much appreciated and yeah we'll see you guys next week